Did you know that Easy Medical Device is not only a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel? It's also an agency that is providing you consulting, coaching, and training for medical devices. So if you have any projects, don't hesitate to contact me at info at easymedicaldevice.com. Info at easymedicaldevice.com. So talk to you later. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And as every month, I'm doing here the Medical Device News, which is a review of what happened last month, so in May 2020, regarding the medical devices. And uh, there is a lot of information. So in the agenda, we'll talk about the non-anniversary for the medical device date of application, uh, which was on the 26th of May 2020. Uh, we'll talk also about uh, the coronavirus again. We'll talk about IVDR. We'll talk about... Um, something um, Easy Medical Device prepared for you regarding the uh, UMDR. And uh, we will continue to tell you more about notified body situation, about the MDCG guidance, and we will finalize with what happened at Easy Medical Device. Okay, so let's start with the hot topics. So uh, last month on the hot topic, we had the non-anniversary of the um, medical device, uh, UMDR uh, date of application, which was on the 26th of May, 2020. Uh, so that date, uh, we had uh, a lot of messages that were published to uh, celebrate the non-anniversary, if I can say. Uh, it was really uh, great, if I can say, to see that, because yeah, since now three years, we are looking at this date. We are really um, talking about this date. Um, all my blog posts were about this date, <laughs> and I had to go through one, each of them, if I can say, to, to look if I can change the date on it. Uh, so it was really, um, if I can say, a day where we had some kind of um, memory about what we had done all the uh, last three years, but also ob about this one-year delay that is uh, that is happening here. And um, so there is a lot of discussions actually about the one-year delay. Is it helping? Is it not helping? What is the consequence, etc.? Um, we had a blog post, uh, not a blog post, we had a, an episode with um, Eric Volbrecht after that and he explained to us that mainly there is some good and bad. And he recently also published uh, a blog post on his uh, on his uh, on his blog. So um, where he mentioned specifically that uh, yes, it's uh, yes and no. There is some good and there is some bad. But mainly, apparently, the EU Commission, uh, the MDCG group, will benefit from that because they will have more time, for example, to implement some of the things they had to do uh, since the last uh, three years, uh, and maybe less. Um, impact or less benefit for some notified bodies and um, you will see also that maybe there is no benefit at all or less benefit than manufacturers things because uh, they will maybe have some two or three months if I can say um, holidays but uh, at the end they'll have really to go come back to this uh, as quick as, as possible and we'll talk about that specifically um, another date that is really important 
Then it's the 26th of May 2021 for UMDR, but it's also the 26th of May 2022 for the IVDR. So it was in the plan normally, as soon as we had the date of application for MDR, we should have all our focus, if I can say, on the IVDR. So you still need to have a lot of your focus on the IVDR for uh, medical device companies that are um, manufacturing some in vitro diagnostic. Because um, as a reminder, there is not a lot of notified bodies. We'll come back to the notified body situation, but there is not a lot. So, um, and some manufacturers that before didn't need a notified body will need one now. Uh, and to be honest, start now. <laughs> I mean, don't don't wait. <laughs> it's something that people don't really uh, understand. But start now. Secure quickly your um, your certification under uh, IVDR as soon as possible, because you will see the wave will be big, uh, and you will maybe be left on the side because you had no time, if I can say, to uh, implement all what are needed for for the for the IVDR. And some people will raise their voice again, saying, "Oh, we'll extend the day, the due date." The date i cannot say no i don't know but uh, don't count on that as eric volbrex says put on place in place some scenarios and one of the scenario to secure your company is really to go now uh, for the ivdr and to really uh, try to secure a notified body a secure date and secure a certificate for that uh, because we never know what will happen in future but for now uh, this is really your priority um Okay, so um, I hope this helps you a bit to have more view about what is happening. Um, to help you, if I can say, to plan, or to not to help you, but um, to disclose, if I can say, the planning. The EU Commission also um, updated their uh, rolling plan, so the implementation rolling plan, and there were a lot of new things there, or new dates, or updates, um, and I want just to share with you some of them. So um, you will have all the links uh, from all what I'm saying here on the show notes, so just go to the show notes and pick the links directly if you want to see all the information uh, we are talking about here. Uh, so one thing that uh, has been uh, postponed with is the common specification for products without medical purpose, so the Annex 16, uh, which is planned now for Q4 2020, uh, so October, November, December, we don't know when, but it's planned there. Uh, we had uh, an episode with um, Eric Volbrecht and Stefan Bollinger on Annex 16. Uh, so you can go to, to this to understand how companies that are under Annex 16 should, uh, if I can say, plan their work or plan what they have to do. But apparently the common specification that should have been published now, or I don't know when, because there was no really clear plan, um, will be apparently postponed to the end of the year. Um, the other one is about Udamed. A lot of questions again about Udamed. We talked about that a lot of time, but we see the question, is Udamed, when use Udamed live, etc. So um, in the ruling plan, it says specifically it will be in 2022, but it says also that if there is some modules that are already available, there will be a voluntary plan, if I can say, to, uh, to make them live. So it means, I suppose, the actor uh, module will maybe be available uh, earlier, and then voluntarily you will have to um, to submit or to um, to register uh, within this module. So, uh, but nothing is is confirmed. If I can say only what, the only thing that is confirmed is the fact that the Udamed will be really live in 2022. They even then didn't say May; they just put 2022. So uh, let's see if it will be before or during the the date of application. 
Um, another information that was really important also is about the harmonized standards. Uh, so um, we had the information that um, the Stenelec and CEN group was asked to create the standards for uh, the or to work on the harmonized standards. Um, and uh, I looked again at the pod at the podcast at the, at the website, and it was mainly published before. And uh, I saw that, but now it's not anymore. So I don't know if there is some situation. But apparently, from what I see on the rolling plan, uh, the deadline to answer to this um, this um, uh, to this mandate is June 17th. So we'll see by June 17th if there is an answer from from those groups to uh, to uh, to say that yes, we'll go uh, to do this uh, harmonized standard. I suppose they will say yes, unless really there is an issue. But uh, for me, this is really important. Um, a reminder. I receive a lot of questions about harmonized standards, saying Monier, uh, the ISO 4971-2019 is not on the harmonized standard, um, the MDR does not have harmonized standard, etc. Et a reminder, standards are voluntary. There is no kind of um, obligation. If you want to use it, you use it. If you don't want, you don't use it. It's not like you, ha you are mandatory, you have to use it. As I've said also before, and I said that on some of my episodes, um, the harmonized standards are standards that are recognized by the European Union, but it doesn't mean that you cannot use another standard. The only thing is that if you use this standard, it's recognized, so it means that if you apply it and if you comply to it, then the commission or the, the notified bodies cannot say a lot of things. But if you use another one, there will just be a, a deep dive in terms of uh, your products or your, your companies. But I imagine that there is some companies that are using some products, that are using some standards that are not harmonized and they are still certified. So it's not like they will never be certified because they are not using an harmonized standard. If you, as I've said also in one episode on the ISO 13485, uh, ISO 13485 is an harmonized standard for MDD. I'm sure it will be an harmonized standard for MDR. But if you have an imagination and think that you can build uh, your own quality management system within your own thinking and it will be still complying to the, uh, the regulation, try it. I never tried it, but try it. And But you'll have, if I can say, some difficulty because you will need really to convince and convince and convince the notified group that your strategy is the right one. When if you use the ISO 13485, there is no, not a lot of if I can say, um, effort to do to convince them. Um, so just to close here the bracket about harmonized standard, but we are still looking to this uh, CEN and Senelec group uh, to create uh, to create this, uh, this harmonized standard so that we can really answer, I mean, this can really solve a lot of issues for some manufacturers that are looking to it. Okay, um, next thing that we want to talk about is uh, there is an update about the Manufacturer Incident Report, so MIR form, so it's now the version 7.2.1. So uh, update your files, take it and use it. Uh, since uh, January uh, 2020, this is the new MIR form that people have to use. Uh, so this is something for the reporting of any incident. Don't uh, hesitate to look at it and to check it before an incident arrives to your company uh, because it's a huge form and there is a lot of things inside. There is a lot of references to some IMDRF um, guidance, etc. So don't wait that uh, an incident arrives to your company to update your documentation, to use this form and to understand how it is working also. Uh, so uh, as I've said, all the links will be on the show notes. So just go on the show notes and, and click on the, on the link and you'll get directly the form that, uh, that you need to use. Um, we couldn't move forward without talking again about COVID-19. So COVID-19 is still in 
in live, if I can say. Uh, it's uh, something that uh, is still um, in uh, uh, impacting lives, impacting hospitals, impacting also manufacturers. Um, there is a lot of manufacturers uh, that are starting to deliver products that are COVID-19 uh, compliant or they are, that they are trying to register those products as COVID-19. And a lot of um, countries try to answer um, I think hotline questions because maybe they receive a lot of uh, a lot of calls about how to register my products, what are the documents needed, what are those things. So I also put here on the list on uh, on the on the show notes about uh, some communication, for example, from Switzerland, from uh, Ireland, from MHRA. I had I think on previous episode made uh, something about your European Commission, what what they are uh, advising to do, etc. But this is also something that is really uh, important. Um, the USA also have their um, emergency um, use authorization um, path, if I can say, to uh, submit your products that are COVID-19 uh, relevant. So uh, on the on the US FDA website, uh, there is this uh, page for the EUA, and you have the list of all the products that were um, approved for PPE, for COVID-19 tests, for uh, respirator, or other devices. So all the list is there. So you can go and you can and check these products yes is cleared for uh, for this pro- for this um, for the covid-19 even if maybe this product was not uh, was not cleared before uh, under the FDA uh, normal path of submission so it's also interesting to go there and to check what uh, what uh, what are available or not um, Something also that was published by uh, Team NB uh, was the contact list for the fake certificates. Uh, if you suspect that one of your certificates is fake, uh, the Team NB uh, put a list, a table with all the contact details for all the people uh, regarding the fake certificate. So I put again the links here. I already communicated about that, but I put again the link, and then you can go and if you are from uh, you receive a certificate from one of those notified bodies, you can go you can just contact those people and ask them is it a real one or is it a fake one it's important because um, there is a lot of manufacturers that are using this opportunity of uh, COVID-19 to release some products that are not really compliant to any regulation um, this week uh, or last week we had uh, also the uh, green light guru virtual summit and i had the opportunity to talk there so there were more than 30 speakers uh, virtually so as we are in the covid 19 situation so all now is done virtually uh, but it was really a great event because yeah you you have really a lot of speakers from all over the world and we can talk about a lot of topics um, i had to talk about economic operators so if you want to to look at this uh, session uh here is also on the show notes. I have also published it on my uh, YouTube channel. And if you want to download also the presentation, uh, it's also on the show notes. Uh, it was really interesting because um, we are trying really to gather all the data that I had and put that there, but not to put too much words on the slides, if I can say, but really to explain how the dynamic is working with all the economic operators. Uh, and uh, I received a lot of questions. I'm still trying to answer to all of them. Uh, so if you are one of the person that was live there and asked me a question i received all the, the list of questions and i'm answering to each of uh, each uh, each people one by one so uh, yeah be just patient with me um 
The last point for the hot topics is that um, I decided to create um, uh, a program which is called a mini course, uh, UMDR 2017-745. It was a, a six days challenge, uh, free, that people can go and uh, try to learn more about UMDR. And then at the end, they get a, a certificate of completion just to say that they have finalized uh, the course. Um, now, I had a lot of people that were asking me, do you have something more like a certification program or something like that? And I decided to say, okay, let's create one certification program so I decided to create a green belt certification program under easy medical device um, and the objective is that um, it will be kind of a one week um, challenge or six days uh, where it will be uh, every day one module will be delivered to uh, every people uh, related to a certain topic so we have the module related to um, UDAMED, UDI, tech file or economic operators or steps to go to market etc and um, each day I will have one um, live session with people that are registered to explain to them this module and to get maybe some of the question and answers each day they will get also a quiz so that they can answer to, the, to this so to be trained if I can say about the topic Topic and to understand a bit better and maybe to ask to raise more questions and um, during the five days will be five modules and the sixth day or seventh or eighth because I said maybe we let's let's give them the weekend to uh, make some study um, there will be the certification uh, certification um, exam so uh, this will be a um, quiz done in a limited uh, amount of time uh, so that they have to answer as much as possible all the questions and they will get a certificate only if they reach the bar of 80% uh, of good uh, answers. So there will be maybe 30 or 40 questions there. Uh, it will be case studies, it will be um, yes and no answers, or it will be multiple choice uh, answers. So. Um, for now, just to tell you, um, all the students that I, I, I uh, tested that uh, the, the, this, uh, this certificate with did not really um, pass it for the first time because they maybe didn't took it seriously. But if you are really taking that seriously and you really want to get a certificate that is really uh, providing you some value in terms of knowledge for the UMDR, um, so don't hesitate to uh, register to this uh, certification program, the Green Belt Certification Program. If you are expert maybe wait for the uh, for for the black belt certification program that i'm doing uh, I'm, I'm i'm it's under construction now um so the registration are open now until uh, the limit of uh, of the students uh, are reached because i put a limit on the, on the number of students just to avoid to have a, a big crowd and not maybe be able to uh, to interact with everybody uh, and uh, at the end um, you register now until for the next maybe two weeks one two weeks and then on the 22nd of june uh, the certification program will start so during that week i will be with you uh, one uh, one one session per day to explain to you uh, everything about certain topics then we go also through uh, Q&A questions and at the end uh, yeah you you'll pass your exam and I hope you'll get it uh, but uh, yeah it will be you need to be really serious to make it so don't uh, don't register if you are just thinking maybe you can make it no you have to be really serious and it was really the objective of this of this program okay so um, register now and I hope to see you uh, on the on the June on June so 20 seconds uh, as part of my studio for this program. Okay, let's go now to the notified bodies situation. So uh, I had made an episode on the podcast, so episode 77 with Basil Accra from TubeSud, uh, where we talked about the notified body situation, also about the one-year delay, what is the impact and, and on all this. 
And what was really interesting uh, with this uh, episode um, was the fact that uh, we said um, that due to the COVID-19, we had this one year delay, but we had also a delay on the certification of uh, new medical devices. So um, during this transition, during this temporary period for COVID-19, notified bodies are not allowed to travel. So there is some travel restriction, but it means also that they cannot uh, certify new medical devices. So if you were waiting for uh, uh, for uh, a certificate under UMDR uh, or a date for your audit during, uh, within UMDR, maybe this was postponed now uh, because of this uh, travel restriction. Uh, maybe if you were in the middle of it, so I don't know if they were able to continue or not, maybe virtually, but no new medical device will be certified during this period. So it means that even if you had the one year delay, um, anywhere during this one year, there is maybe six, seven or eight months that no new certificate will be issued until this travel restriction will be uh, removed. Um, so uh, listen again to maybe to Basil Accra of what he said about, about that. So just, just one thing related to that. So as we said, initial certification cannot be done. Um, are, we, are we talking now like for, for the next six months, seven months, there is no new device that can go to market? Or is it, is it that that it's saying specifically? This is, this is what the, the guidance is saying. It's saying uh, notified bodies uh, who wants to issue a new certificate for uh, a new device. So we are not talking about renewal or uh, uh, changes to uh, quality management system or, or manufacturer who you already know, which you are auditing. So uh, uh, the, the system is saying, the guidance is saying, if you are um, issuing a new certificate under the new regulation, you need to go on site. You can't just do it solely on offsite. So if there is a manufacturer who wants to get an MDR certification, uh, uh, the guidance is saying we need to go on site because it's an initial certification. So I asked also uh, on LinkedIn, I had made a poll on LinkedIn. They created now this tool to make a poll. So um, I created that just to ask you, do you have some difficulties with your notified bodies? Not a lot of people did answer, but maybe, maybe because it was the first time. So I will try, I'll try to redo that again. Um, so 26 people uh, answered this poll. Uh, the poll was saying, do you have some difficulty to find a notified body for your medical devices in Europe, MDR or MDD or AIMDD or, um, or renewal? And 15% uh, says that it's impossible to get one. 27% uh, says that I'm on a waiting list. 23% said uh, I find one, but there was the coronavirus, so they couldn't really uh, do anything with it. Uh, and 35% uh, says, yes, I find one and I've been certified. So um, there is some um, mixed feeling here because um, the numbers are not so high for every, for one specific category. So it's not really possible to say that, yeah, here is uh, the, the clear situation. But um, I will create a new poll um, uh, on the LinkedIn. So please follow me on LinkedIn. And then if you see that, please answer as much as possible because um, then it will be also published during my, uh, during my uh, one of my episodes of the podcast. Um, one thing that uh, also um, happened is the fact that Team NB um, released a survey related uh, to 23 notified bodies that they had as a member. And they, it was really interesting to see what, what, what was the content of the survey. So the survey said that mainly 
there is a decrease of valid CE certificate in 2019. Um, the decrease was already noticed from 2015, but there was a decrease of certificate. So what does it mean? Does it mean that some notify some companies give up and don't want to be certified anymore? Uh, yeah, it's something that um, that we have to to look at. There is also few um, of few. 50% new certificate issued in 2019. Uh, so it's an increase. It was also increased before in 2018 by 30%. So there is really a lot of people that are issuing new certificates. Um, and I suppose it's also due to the fact that they want to also be certified again before the NDR. So it's why they are really trying to renew their certificate before uh, the date of application. And I don't know if it will continue in 2020 due to coronavirus, but actually there was a, a big wave in 2019. Um, the number of certificate withdrawal, which was normally increased, if I can say, now a decrease by 21%. So there is a lot of manufacturers that are keeping their certificate alive under NDD, uh, even maybe if before they wanted to, to withdraw them. So uh, they try to keep that uh, as long as possible, maybe for um, some strategy within their companies. Uh, in terms of ISO 13485 certificates, it's stable. And uh, one thing that we was also noticed on this report is that we had a 5% increase of staff uh, within the notified bodies. Um, apparently, the difficulty is the fact that you need to find more experts or more people that are experts in many other fields because maybe one expert is not able to help you on many fields. So um, if you have five fields to cover, you have to find five experts instead of maybe before you had one expert that could uh, cover two or three fields. So uh, it's something that is, is happening now. So if you want to work for a notified body, it's maybe the right time because they are really hiring a lot. And I think Basila Cross said that also with one, within one of the episodes we had. Um, okay, so traditionally we are uh, making the count of notified bodies uh, on this episode. Uh, so actually in May we had one additional notified body under EUMDR. So it means that um, yeah we are reaching the bar of 14 notified bodies within EUMDR and this one notified body is Intertech Medical in Sweden. So uh, Intertech Medical uh, is answering now uh, this um, this um, uh, the non data in the non database. So you can see that directly. I put the link on the show notes. Um, and if we are making again the count, we have the golden medal gold go to Germany with five notified bodies. The silver medal gold go to Netherlands with three notified bodies. And the bronze medal go to all the other ones because they only have one notified body. So UK, one notified body. Uh, Hungary, one notified body. Norway, one notified body. Uh, Italy, Sweden, and Ireland, one notified body. Uh, so this is actually the count. For EUIVDR, there is still three notified bodies with UK, one, Netherlands, one, and Germany, one. But we all know that due to Brexit, the UK notified body will be maybe disappearing. Uh, we never know. Maybe there will be some negotiation, but I don't think it will happen. So um, BSI UK will normally uh, go out of the list by end of the year. Uh, so it means that there is actually in reality only 13 notified bodies for UMDR and two notified bodies for uh, IVDR. So that's why I tell you there is only two notified bodies for IVDR. Uh, there is more manufacturers that will need to get uh, to the IVDR market. So please go with your IVDR project.
Um, one, the trade body is still missing <laughs> because um, this country has won the World Cup, uh, the soccer or football World Cup, uh, but for now they still are not entering to the Nando database, which is France. So I'm still expecting that uh, one of my country is really going to there, uh, but I don't know. Um, they are maybe a bit late, uh, maybe too much, uh, too much issues with uh, one notified body, but actually there is only one notified body in France, so... There is only one that can, if I can say, uh, answer to this uh, to this uh, to this game, which is maybe a difficult situation because yeah, we see Germany with five and maybe more that will come. So some countries will need maybe to invest on more notified bodies so that also it represents more uh, their country. Um, okay, now let's go to the MDCG guidance. So um, last month, so in May, we had um, three new MDCG guidance. Uh, we had the guidance uh, related to the renewal of uh, designation of um, and monitoring of notified body. The famous guidance that is related to the DEVIL regulation that Basil Accra says, so the 2020-666, uh, which is uh, yeah something that was really funny during that episode I made with uh, with Basil Accra. Uh, and there is the guidance related to uh, reporting of uh, clinical investigation uh, incidents uh, within the EUMDR. So uh, this guidance was mainly issued because uh, normally UDAMAGE will have been uh, the place where we are informing about uh, safety incidents during clinical investigation but as UDAMED is not live they created this guidance to explain how to do that outside of UDAMED so there is the guidance and there is the formula so uh, MDCG 2020-10 uh, and slash 1 for the guidance and slash 2 for the uh, for the formula um, related to guidance, so we had uh, a great advice also from uh, Basil Accra. Uh, don't cite the guidance, but follow the guidance. And I imagine some of the discussion that will happen uh, at notified bodies, uh, I mean, we, we, during the audits with notified bodies and manufacturers when we are arriving to maybe the review of the clinical evaluation report. How did you perform this CER? Um, I followed the EUMDR 2017-745, Annex 14. Uh, but it looks like you have followed the MedDev 2.7-1 revision 4. Can you explain me that? Oh, really? I didn't know that. It's, I think it's really by coincidence. Okay, so now let's come back to what happened in May for an easy medical device. So on the podcast, we had uh, in episode 75, uh, Stefan Boleininger, where we talked about uh, specifically a law in Germany, which, which is called DIGA, which is a law uh, that is proper, yeah, helping medical device manufacturers to get their mobile applications reimbursed. So uh, if you are planning to, yeah, to develop or to have a mobile application, and if you are planning to have it also in Germany, so maybe you should apply for DIGA. First, you still have to have your device cleared as a medical device, and after that, you can apply for, uh, for this new law in Germany. So go to episode 75 to see that. 
Um, in the next episode, uh, I had a solo episode where I discussed about how to get ISO 13485 certified. Uh, so it is um, an episode where I tried really to explain to you what means ISO 13485 certification, uh, what are the differences in the modules, how much it costs also sometimes, etc. Et I had some funny people that were just asking me, Munir, I want to be ISO 13485 certified. And I had a discussion with them and I'll tell them, yeah, I can help you for that. And they said, yeah, but... Um, and what is the name of your company and everything? I said, no, uh, it's for me. I want me to be ISO 13485 certified. And there was a misunderstanding because they thought that uh, about a training, a certificate, a certificated training that is providing them the knowledge about ISO 13485. So on this episode, I was talking specifically about manufacturers, not about people to get certified uh, for ISO 13485. Then we had an episode with Basilacra, the one we talked about in episode 77, where we discussed about uh, the notified body situation when Basilacra was at Tube Sud, because in the meantime he moved to uh, the other side of the fence, uh, because he went from notified body to consulting, and he's working now uh, as co-owner and CEO at Cunic Group with Angelina Hakim, uh, that we had also uh, uh, interviewed on the podcast. Uh, and uh, he came to discuss in episode 77 about sufficient clinical data. As a reminder, uh, he has, I think today, June 8th, uh, the uh, training on sufficient clinical data for the European time zone. If you want also to participate to the next session, which is in June 11th, uh, you can go to cunicgroup.com uh, and uh, in the next session is more for the US time zone, but uh, if you want also to join, it's, it's really possible. So don't hesitate to go there. Uh, Basil Accra will explain to you everything about how you can provide sufficient clinical data for for your products um, in the LinkedIn live we had some um, great episodes um, as I've said we had that time with the coronavirus COVID-19 so we had also a lot of companies that were asking how are we registering some uh, products um, without having CE mark etc within the countries and uh, Ellen Erwood uh, from uh, ESPL was coming and uh, explained to us how it is working with the MHA so with the UK so she explained to us how to register uh, your COVID-19 medical supplies uh, by the MHRA and it's really uh, an interesting episode because it's providing really all the details uh, for example for face mask we discussed about face mask and also about uh, as medical device and also about face mask as PPE so it's really a, um, a good a good one um, next one was uh, with uh, um, with Cesare Magri uh, where we talked about sufficient clinical data for MDR and IVDR but on medical device software so um, I know that there is a lot of difficulty for some uh, medical device software companies to understand what kind of clinical data they can provide, etc. There was this guidance that was created, MDCG 2020-1, uh, and um, then we tried to explain to you how it is working for MDR and how it is working for IVDR. And Cesare had also some great um, flowchart to explain all that, so don't hesitate to go, to go, to go there and also to download uh, all those elements uh, from, from the show notes. And the last one is about the GSPR. So um, I made uh, an episode about uh, GSPR to explain what are the general safety and performance requirements, how you can use them on your projects, uh, why you should consider them really 
early and not really uh, late on your process because uh, if you consider them late you are not already not successful because a lot of the requirements have to be um, executed or planned earlier uh, and if you have already your design freeze then uh, if you look at the general safety and performance requirements you will find that a lot of the requirements had to be done before the design freeze. Um, okay, so don't hesitate to go to the YouTube channel to uh, look at all those episodes. I put again the links on the show notes. Uh, I think it's really, uh, really important that you get uh, a lot of those information so that you are really successful within your projects. And regarding the YouTube channel, we just reached the bar of uh, 3,000 su subscribers and I really want to thank you for that. Thank you for your trust. Uh, thank you for all the comments that you are providing. I'm sure this is helping you and uh, I'm sure this will help a lot of people. So don't hesitate also to spread the message to share the episodes or to share the videos that you liked and don't hesitate to ask people also to subscribe because more there is subscribers more uh, the word is spread about uh, all the information that i'm providing so thank you really for that and really appreciate it and a last message so uh, mdr was delayed one year but please keep calm and accept MDR. So don't deny it. Don't think that because it's postponed of one year, you have nothing to do. Please continue on your journey, continue to learn, continue to get trained, continue to work with your consultants about that. And if you need any support for ISO 13485, for MDR, for any of the quality and regulatory affairs projects that you are running, don't hesitate to contact me. Uh, I would be really happy to work with you. Okay, I wish you a really nice uh, week and uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.